0: okay good evening and welcome to the second session uh second lesson on our summer staff bible study this one is entitled misleading philosophy and human traditions Um, this one is a very different type of study and some people might find this offensive because they find god offensive Um, if you find yourself being offended just remember something that your problem is not with me your problems with what God says but I'm gonna give it to you straight from both what the Word of God says and also what science um... teaches us as to misleading philosophy and human traditions but let's begin with the word of prayer father God we come before you and Lord this is a sensitive topic today this is something that the, you warned us about in your word that we were coming to a time when people can't distinguish their left from their right hands that they can't figure out what is right and wrong that morality has gone out the window and everything that you predicted seems to have come true which should not surprise us and Lord it even seems that some of the elect some people claiming to be born-again Christians are being led astray which again you you said that would happen also but Lord, I ask that you help me tonight to speak truth, and that your word, Lord, would just infiltrate. That your uh, your Holy Spirit would just work upon our hearts to see what you have to say. You are a God of truth, and what you say on this. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. A college st- student. Goes into his dorm room. It's a study at a major university. As he's working at his desk, he tosses a sheet of paper into the waste can. As he does this, he notices that his roommate's Bible is in the trash can. He reaches in and takes it out and places it back on his roommate's desk, thinking it must have fallen in there by accident. And then he proceeds to go back to his studies while later that roommate comes in, sits down at his desk. He notices that his Bible is sitting in front of him on the desk. The earlier student, his roommate, tells him that he found his Bible in the trash can, saying that it must have fallen there by accident. He took it out out of respect and put it on, on his desk. He also stated that it knew it, he knew it had to be an accident because he knows that its owner claims to be a Christian the owner of the Bible picks it up and ceremonially drops it back into the trash can saying this is where it belongs shocked that a Christian would do or say this his roommate asks him why the owner of the Bible looks directly at his roommate and says I don't believe in it anymore Science is my God now. I have learned that science is truth, and that book is just a bunch of fairy tales. His roommate asked him how he changed his mind because when they first met, he was such a proud Christian. The owner of the Bible said to him, Being here at the university, my professors have convinced me that my parents were wrong, what they taught me was wrong. Science is truth. There is no God, because evolution is true. Evolution explains everything. How sad, but you know something? This is a common occurrence across colleges, high schools, middle schools, and just about everywhere today. How in the world did we develop from such into this, from such a, a Bible-believing society? How did it come to this? Well, as you know, our theme verse is Colossians 2, 6, and 7, and being rooted and built up in the faith. But have you guys ever looked at the next verse, Colossians 2, 8? I'm going to read this out of the God's Word translation which is a thought for thought translation to give you an idea of what this is saying listen to this be careful not to let anyone rob you of this faith through a shallow and misleading philosophy such a person follows human traditions and the world's way of doing things rather than following Christ sound familiar this first written over two, about 2,000 years ago, warns us of what can happen if we follow misleading philosophies and human tradition. This was written to Christians. The book of Colossians was written to a church. And what is amazing is today, we're living this out. Americans are taught to rely on their feelings. Yes, on their feelings to determine how to behave. Instead of being given moral guidance, today children are asked, how do you feel about it? I was watching um, an article, or uh, an interview, I'm sorry, an interview on Bravo, back in April of this year, and Charlize Theron, Academy uh, Academy Award winning actress, um, was being interviewed in this and she says and I'm going to quote this article here or I'm sorry this interview. I've tried to write this down and I've watched it over and over now Charlize Theron says that she thought she was raising a little boy until the three-year-old Then three-year-old Jackson looked at her and said I am NOT a boy from that moment on the Oscar-winning actress, embraced the fact, the fact, that she was raising a transgender girl. Really? How can a three-year-old make a lifelong decision? That is just ridiculous. But this, this is going on. This is what's happening around us today. Do you know that right now, we are living in the and something that has never happened before, for the first time in recorded history, in recorded history, that birth gender is regarded as meaningless. It is. Today, people can legally say that they're not what their biological bodies tell them they are. This has never happened in human history. We have a society that believes that they can choose their gender. Yes, choose their gender. Today, a man who's born with chromosomes XY can claim he is really a she. And a woman who is born with XX chromosomes can claim that she is a he. Isn't this wild? Well, this, and if you think this is new, I mean, and it's not important, look what's happening. Just what has just been in the news this spring. At the Connecticut girls high school track finals this year the two finishing first and second were transgender boys they finished first and second wow what a shock in texas the girls wrestling state title went to a transgender called mac And uh, we're not done. That's like in high school. How about in the professional world? The women's world champion weightlifter is now a transgender man. The, The problem here is that these people claiming, these are people claiming to be transgender, and they're making this claim based on a mental state, not in the biological facts not in the biological. It's a mental issue, not a biological issue. That's what they're all claiming. I mean, have you ever noticed that there's a difference biologically between a guy and a girl? I study and I taught biology for many years. Men have a definite advantage over women in hormones, skeletal and muscular structure etc I have done labs I have actually worked on cadavers you remove uh, the breast tissue and the genitalia and skin the person I can still just by looking at the muscular and skeletal features of the body just the outlines of the body there I can still tell you if it's male or female there's a major difference here and this is, but this is what people are doing. They're using a mental state, claiming in a mental state, not a biological state, that they're different biologically. And they're not. I mean, the evidence is overwhelming on this. Like I say, I used to teach in Nat and Fist. I actually gave students of mine bones, human bones, and then asked them, can you tell me if this is male or female? And they would be able to do it. Or we would take blood samples. We would take cell samples. And I, would, I even taught forensics, um, forensic classes. And here, we have a cell sample. Now, can you tell me if it's a male or a female is the suspect here? And by taking a cheek cell or a skin cell or a blood cell, you can tell if we have male or female simply because of the chromosomes. And not only that, but also by the hormone levels. Let me just quote something from Dr. Paul McHugh. He's taken a lot of abuse lately. This is one of the brightest medical doctors in the world. Um, He's uh, the University Distinguished Service Professor of Psychiatry in Chief at Johns Hopkins Hospital. Now, those of you who are not uh, familiar with the medical world, Johns Hopkins Hospital, if you get to work there, you're playing the palace. That's like the top place in the world. And this guy is the, uh, the professor of psychiatry in chief he's the head of all of this you know what he says about this plenty quote I'm gonna quote him directly plenty of evidence demonstrates that cha- transgendering is a psychological rather than biological matter unquote yeah because they're dealing with the mental state studies at Johns Hopkins shows a suicide rate 20 times higher than the general population for those who undergo sex change surgeries. And another showed that up to 80% of the children, of children with transgender feelings, simply outgrow them. This is amazing stuff, and this is from Johns Hopkins. I mean, men definitely have an advantage, a physical advantage over women in hormones in skeletal and muscular structure uh, what I'm showing right now is a chart showing on a t-chart men and women and different levels of uh, different hormones that are produced by the human body you will see certain hormones FSH are much higher in women um, LH um, there's GH I mean they produce so much more Than what uh, men do. Men um, produce tremendous amounts of testosterone, uh, etc. There are major differences here. And these hormones make effects on all the body. That's what hormones do. They affect certain organs and cause reactions in different organs organs of your body. Men are definitely going to have, in physical strength and advantage, uh, an, an advantage over women. There's no question about it. No wonder these transgender guys are winning in these women's competitions. It's not unusual. You see, this behavior is not new. It's not new. People, especially children, for centuries used to play this game where they have a mental idea of being somebody else. You know what we called it? We called it make-believe. When I was a kid, it was called pretend or make-believe. Here's a picture of my grandson James dressed up as a pirate. Now, he's playing a pirate for the time being. He's thinking he's a pirate. But you know something? Deep down, he knows he's not. And in a while, he's going to take the costume off and resort to being ordinary James again. When the game's over, we return to our biological origin. We, deep down, we all know what the truth is here. It's a mental game. And when the game was over, when you're playing make-believe, you just return to your biological origin. Like you see my picture of my grandson now. No pirate outfit, just being a boy. I sometimes even dress up as a pirate. here's a picture of me down on a marine biology trip, dressed as Captain Lane the pirate the Caribbean pirate I've also dressed up as Herod King Herod yes that is a photograph of me you can see this on my Facebook page too that is actually me um, this was really interesting I was playing Herod for a, um, a Christmas message here at Fort and you'll notice this doesn't look anything like me because I'm wearing theatrical makeup besides the costume and even what was really interesting is after it was over, I changed my clothes, got all washed up, went to the back of the, uh, to the foyer here in the gathering place and people came up, to me. And, uh, two different families came up and they said, oh, we thought you were the one who was speaking tonight, we didn't, who was the guy who was up there doing Herod? They were sincere, they really thought that it was somebody else. Or here's a picture of me playing uh, the prophet Isaiah. I mean, I dress up at these things, but the thing is, I know I'm not. It's make-believe or theatrics. I'm pretending to be these people. I want to quote Tracy Amin and what she says, because this has to all do with what truth is. She says, what is truth? Truth doesn't really exist. Who's going to judge whether my experience of an incident is more valid than yours? No one can be trusted to be the judge of that. Really? Really? Truth doesn't exist. Well, you know, Tracy, I have news for you. If you try and say, or if some person comes up and says that this container of motor oil, this Pennzoil 10W30, is actually chicken soup, and to them their truth is it's chicken soup, and they try drinking it, you know, something it's going to kill them because it's not really chicken soup. It's motor oil. And if you try and take this can of Campbell's uh, chicken and noodle soup and say, well, this is motor oil, and put it in my car, my truth is that this is motor oil. I don't care what, you're, what you say. My truth is it's motor oil. You put this in a crankcase of your car, your car is going to break down because there is an absolute truth. This whole problem with truth I mean, we keep hearing Pilate's famous question over and over and over today. What is truth? What is truth? If a person wants to believe that something is true, even though science shows it is not, that person can still claim it is their truth today because of this moral truth and morality is being erased today's society has chosen to believe that there is no truth what is considered truth for one person is not necessarily truth for another so moral truth morality as a result of this questioning and anything can be truth you can make truth whatever you individually want to make it we're throwing these out the board or off off the planet even it's gone it's it's thrown out the window if a person wants to believe that something is true, and what gets me, even if the science shows that it's not true, to them it can still be true. Mm-hmm. And you know what this has led to? There's no moral truths. Because there's no longer a religious basis for morality. We are removing the Bible from from daily life. And with it, we are removing morality. That's what's happening. That's where we're at. Examine some statistics I'm going to give you here. A recent survey determined that 70% of all men in the U.S. between the ages of 18 to 24 year, years old in that age break 18 to 24, visit at least one adult website each month. Morality's out the window. I was reading just recently the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, a paper talking about sexually transmitted diseases today. And they stated in this paper, this is a very recent paper, stated that approximately one-third of the entire population of the United States, that's approximately um, 110 million people currently has a sexually transmitted disease Morality's thrown out the window America has gone from a society of wait till you're married expectations to a first date hookups followed by morning after pills sex is now recreational On a date, I was talking to a bunch of high school and college students about this, asking them just general questions, not trying to pry, but just trying to get some facts. Sex to them, many of them now, is just recreational. It's like in my day, going out on a date was like going out for dinner or catching a movie or or going for a bike ride or or taking a walk in a park or something. Today, sex is listed right in that. I was teaching uh, about 15 years ago a class, 15, 20 years ago. I was teaching in a biology class um, and a girl called me over to her lab table and there was a lab table here there are three students two girls and one guy and the um, one girl is on the table on one side by herself she was having problems focusing her microscope so i came over to uh, help her focus Um, and as i was sitting there and realizing i have to remake the slide because she didn't do the slide right so i've got a few moments and i'm just listening and talking to her, the couple, um, the two people sitting on the other side, this boy and this girl, I couldn't help but overhear their conversation as they're working with the microscope. They were working, but this was their conversation. Now, as I put this slide on and I started um, working, trying to get this girl's microscope um, focused and stuff, the, one, the girl on the opposite side who was sitting next to the guy said, hey, you know, I just realized something, she says, and he goes, what? You're the only guy in this room I haven't slept with. Oh, she says, how about, um, this is the last class of day, how about right after school, let's go out uh, to my car and let's have sex. Then I can say, I've had sex with everybody in here. And he goes, sounds good to me. Folks, (laughs) what's going on here? How did this happen? How did this happen? If one steps back and examines the last 150 years of history, Really, it doesn't come as any surprise. Mankind has been running uh, to this philosophy of doing what he wants, regardless of the morality. Mankind is no longer um, no longer looking for reasons uh, to believe in God. They, they are now looking for reasons to dismiss God's Word, or they are intentionally misinterpreting God's Word to mean something that supports their immoral conduct. I recently heard so-called Christians say that God's word tells us not to judge and to love everybody. This was said to justify a person's immoral living. Oh, if, you know, as long as God loves us and God is a God of love, he, he's going to love me no matter what so I can do whatever I want. God just wants us to love. That was Jesus' um, whole message. I remember getting a conversation with a girl on this. That was Jesus' mes- message just that we should love each other. Well, that is true. That was true. It is true. God's Word tells us not to judge. Jesus did say to love everybody, but you know something? More importantly, the Word of God teaches us not to give in to worldly desires. And what was Jesus' message was one of repentance of unholiness. He called us to live holy lives mankind doesn't like to quote those messages of Jesus like when he healed someone uh, the lame man he says now go and sin no more he told the woman who had sinned go and sin no more we don't like to talk about that we like to just talk about the warm fuzzy Jesus tells us to love everyone yeah they pick and choose their verses They like to pick and choose their verses. So, let me just look at it this way. Morality does seem to be the key word here. And where do we get morality? How do we know if something is right or wrong? I mean, really, can mankind make these decisions? Can fallen man make the decision of what's right and wrong? Today, many people say yes. Well, if that is true, if mankind can decide what is moral, let me ask this question. Why were the Nazis wrong for murdering 5 million Jews? That was their truth. That wasn't wrong to them. And if we're to let everyone live by their own standards of what's right or wrong, why are people today trying to remove all signs of Nazism? If people are, trying, or are allowed to choose what's right and wrong in their views today, if they're able to do this, Why are people so upset about seeing a Confederate flag or the statues of Southern generals? If this was their truth, how can people claim that their truth was wrong? If we're told to be tolerant of everybody, and I have found that the people who keep saying this are the ones that are most intolerant of certain groups. All of this can easily be traced back to human secularism. This modern religion claims that man has no meaning or purpose. He's not a product of special creation, but it's a cosmic accident without real purpose or design. Through Darwinian evolution, he is the ultimate achievement on earth. His purpose is to live for the moment because there is no life after death. This is secular humanism, which is prominent in today's thinking. Paul Kurtz, wrote, uh, who is a secular humanist, wrote a classic book. Um, it's considered a classic now called The Humanist Alternative, describing what is secular humanism, this religion. And in this, um, well, just let me quote what he says. Using the powerful critical tools of science and logical analyses, modern man now recognizes that the universe has no special human meaning or purpose and that man is not a special product of creation, end quote. Hmm. no special human meaning we have no purpose continuing in this book he says quote if man is a product of evolution one species among others in a universe without purpose then man's option is to live for himself unquote man's purpose is to live for himself he becomes a god that can determine by what rules he wants to live by And no wonder people are so frustrated and suicide rates are so high. We have no purpose. The only purpose we have is live for yourself. If it feels good, do it. Man is just another organism trying to to survive. He's the result of an exploding star. Just star stuff. And a product of abiogenesis or spontaneous generation. According to human secularism, there is no God. The Bible is a farce. Now I'll tell you, if you look at most problems today in the United States, in the world, you're going to see the mark of human secularism stamped on it somewhere. And what promotes this religion? Darwinian evolution. Now let me just, for clarity, just describe and give you a definition of Darwinian evolution. In a paragraph, I'm just going to read it. I've written this down. This is what I used to teach. I used to be a Darwinian evolutionist. I used to teach this in the classroom. Darwinian evolution states that man is a product of billions of years of natural selection. Somehow, almost miraculously, spontaneous generation occurred on this planet. A bunch of chemicals from exploding stars that were floating in the vast sea just suddenly sprang to life. Again, almost miraculously, DNA was formed. As time went on, the cell reproduced and formed more cells. But as time went on, something happened in DNA. It mutated. And when it mutated, new genes were added. Some of these mutations did not allow the organism to live and those die. They were, they were not what we would call fit enough to survive. But... Other organisms found that their mutations were very beneficial for survival and they continued and passed on their genes. As time went on, they too mutated, forming by random chance new genes that would benefit the organism. After billions of years, these new organisms continued to live and mutate, forming new beneficial genes for survival. Until we arrive where we are today, with the human female being the highest evolved creature among billions on this planet. Planet. So there is Darwinian evolution. Now, because of this ideology, this religion, there is no right and wrong. There is no morality. The best man can do is to live for himself. Thus, this ushers in human secularism. Man sets his own goals and his own rules. And that's why people today are allowed, in some states, to legally marry a cat. Yes, you heard me right. There was a guy who married legally married his house cat. Mm-hmm. That's now his wife. I'm not making this up. It's in the news. Or, here's a photograph of a girl who married her horse. Yep, she married her horse. Her horse is her husband this is starting to happen a lot today and this is why people can insist that they're not what their biology biology states that their evidence shows them to be that's why because of this that's why a pedophile arrested in Florida gets released from prison because his lawyers fought that this was his sexual preference and because that's his sexual preference his young children how can anybody on the jury say that what he did was wrong because that was his truth there is no right and wrong so we allow people to be whatever they want this make-believe thing it's not make-believe to them anymore but that's why it's happening but I should under. let me make this statement, though. Not all non-Christians are like this. Many do, many, and I have many friends, non-Christian friends, that do try to live a better life and even try to help others and do causes that benefit. They believe in various religions, some of them, in which good deeds or, um, or morality actually earns a better existence or gives you an afterlife. So they try to earn God's favor by doing something to help them um, have an afterlife, a better afterlife. That's what they go through. I mean the list here is very long. Some are atheists. They just have good morals. Agnostics. They want to help people. Humanists can be like that. I have some Muslim friends, Hindus, naturalists, that do many charitable acts. They try to, but others do this in trying to to get a, a better life for themselves today or in the future. But true Christians are different. The Christian goal is not to be a moral people. No, that's not our goal. Understand me, listen carefully. Christian goal is not to be a moral person, that's the result of being. A Christian because the Holy Spirit now lives inside you and makes you a new creation as it says in 2nd Corinthians 517 whoever is a believer in Christ is a new creation the old way of living has disappeared it's gone a new way of living has come into existence the person becomes moral because they're becoming more like Christ so where does morality come from if we're all the result of Darwinian evolution and are just animals How can we say that there's a right and a wrong? How can we say that there's a truth? Animals are not born with it. So where does it come from? If society determines morality, that's illogical because then why are we upset with Hitler? Why are we upset with Stalin? Why are we upset with Osama bin Laden um, having planes fly into um, New York City and, and crash in Pennsylvania because that was his truth? and other atrocities that we think of. I find it interesting that the same people who say that man should not judge or hate are the same ones that are complaining about these past individuals and their actions. Or on college campuses, right after President Trump was elected, the people were saying, oh, we have to have everybody, um, there there is no truth, and you have to be tolerant of everybody. But if somebody was conservative, came on their campus or something to speak, they beat them up, put them in the hospital. And these are the people saying they're tolerant. Some of them are the most intolerant people I've ever come across in my life. If if morality is set by the social standard, then anyone who challenges these standards would be immoral. Let me repeat that. If morality is set by a social standard, if people can determine what morality is, anybody who challenges that would be considered then an immoral person That would mean that John Hancock in signing the Declaration of Independence, he was an immoral person. That would mean James Madison and John Adams also were immoral. William Wilberforce went against England about trying to get um, slavery stopped. Well, the social standard was to have that. Well, he must have been an immoral person. How about Martin Luther King Jr.? Holy cow, talk about an immoral person because he went against the standard for civil rights. (laughs) All immoral people, really? We don't consider them that. But by using the definition we made today, they would be considered that. A recent poll on college campuses in the U.S. asked students where morality comes from. As I read this poll, this was fascinating to me. Nearly all said that it is something we are born with. Morality is something we're born with. Really. Because that goes against the idea of Darwinian evolution. Of humans being just a bunch of chemicals from an exploding star. You see, morality, you, you can't see morality or hold it in your hand. So where does it come from? The answer of where morality comes from is very simple. You ready? It comes from a holy God. God set the standards based upon his character. Moses gave us 613 laws from God. Jesus condensed it down to two. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40, he says, it's recorded, "Teacher, which commandment is the greatest in Moses' teaching? Do you understand why the person asked this? Moses gave, gave him 613. Jesus answered him, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind." This is the greatest and the most important commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor." as you love yourself all of Moses's teachings and the prophets depend on these two commandments those two commandments to love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind that is the way you live your life you live a holy life the second is to love see people like to focus on the love part with God they miss the first one to be a holy people. Morality can only come from God. Without God, you don't have a standard. Without God, you don't have truth. Without God, there is no right and wrong. He is the standard by which everything is, is set. Father, we thank you for this time we've had and this difficult lesson. And there was so much in here. Um, Time doesn't allow me to go into greater detail on things, but we thank you for this. Ask your Holy Spirit to open up our minds to see what you say, not what man says. Man has been trying to change everything since Genesis chapter 3. Lord, help us to look for you and to live a life that is moral, to love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and to love everyone else. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.